You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 17. Woohoo! 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 Streets of London late at night Ripper, Jack the Ripper He's got long black hair and his pants are tied Ripper, Jack the Ripper Well he really cuts it up when the lights go down Ripper, Jack the Ripper Cause that's the time he likes to shop around Ripper, Jack the Ripper Well he walks down the street Every girl he meets Is your name Mary Kelly? Hello and welcome once again to 11 O'Clock Comics. I am Vince B. I'm Christopher Naisman. I'm David Price. And I'm Justiniano. Oh, is that a clue? You hate me <laughs> on yourself now? <laughs> Justiniano is also known as Jason Wood. <laughs> What's up? What's up, guys? How my favorite bottoms? <laughs> I don't know about my bottom. <laughs> it's just a uh, just another Wednesday hanging out at home, except not just another Wednesday. Good lord, it's uh, um, I think they had to pack up a mule to haul all my comic book home tonight. It, it was a big week, but yeah, it was yeah. crazy big. Uh, it was something that I, I don't think you'll ever see happen again. Two issues of Uncle Scrooge in two weeks. <laughs> oh boy! No, well, we really. Gotta, we gotta get we gotta get the Scrooge talk out of the way early, I guess. Well, yes, I guess they were they were behind, like wicked behind Gemstone, and they double timed it and released two issues in two weeks. That's sixteen bucks for Uncle Scrooge retail in two weeks. Uh, I don't know. I love the books, but is it worth it? Yeah. We'll Hell see. no. <laughs> I had a, uh, I had one of those "is it worth it" moments today as well. Um, the uh, the absolute league of extraordinary gentlemen black dossier came out today. Oh. it's gorgeous. It's overpriced. <laughs> yeah. Quite honestly, is it is it top shelf or uh, DC? Uh, I believe Storm, it's whatever. the. Oh, well, it's it still has the America's best comics. Okay. On, so DC. yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, it's it's still yeah, it's still DC. So did it did it come out with the CD? Um, you know, I just cracked it open. It's got, uh, it's got the, uh, 3D glasses, which are kind of cute. Um, I don't, don't see a CD anywhere in here. Mm. No. No, I do not. No, no CD. So what, why is it a hundred dollars? What's, um, you know, it's what, if you have the, um, if you have the first two volumes of the of the league and the absolute, it's just like those, except it doesn't have the script book. So it's only 
well, it's the the one book within, and not the two, and it's got the the slipcase. So, I yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a little a little harsh for for what it was. Wow, so. the Black Dossier is definitely my favorite out of all the League stuff published to date. <clears throat> oh really? Yet. Yeah, it's I, beautiful stuff. I think it's awesome. I I, yeah. I, li- I like the uh, the multi timeline aspect of it, but. Yeah, I'm not saying the other two are substandard. They're awesome, but there's something yeah. about Black Dossier, just the way it, the paper changes and the, and the art style subtly changes between uh, eras and chapters. It's awesome. I love it. It's it's some of Moore's best. Yeah, and Kevin O'Neill's best. I have a surprise for your asses this week. Go ahead, and, go ahead and initiate your "Was Everybody Drinking" thing. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's okay now. Okay, it's time for the uh, time for the drink roll call. What uh, What are you drinking, Mister uh, Mister Price? Kick us off. Jim Beam and Coca Cola. Mm-hmm. Oh, good man. Try it with RC. <laughs> I will. I will. Well, I'll, seriously, I'll, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the of the Jim Beam and RC. I I, I like Royal Crown Cola. Uh, we have the little um, the. Small twelve ounce bottles because Renee seems to take like a couple of those when she has when she makes her rum and coke. So that's what we have in the house. But I'll definitely pick up a two liter of RC. There you go. There you go. All right, Mister Wood. Well, seeing as how I uh, needed some pick me up, I am drinking uh, Bacardi Limon with Mountain Dew. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I call it a wreath maker. poor poor rap uh and uh do we have something besides the uh the killian's red this week we may yeah i I am drinking a bacardi silver a raz one of those one of those uh pint those wine cooler things yeah and it's huge too and it's uh one pint by bartles and james vince or uh, Anheuser Busch, <laughs> St. Louis, Missouri. No, so, no, so it, no, it is beer. No, 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 I know, I know. <sighs> I'm just saying nope. it's not red. Okay, okay. Good for you. very good, very good. And uh, my drink of the week, which uh, you can go and get the uh, the recipe for this at iFanboy right now, uh, iFanboy.com. It's part of my Comic Shots column that I write every week. Is a Vesper Martini, which mm. is uh, the uh, the actual original real James Bond Martini that was in uh, the first book, Casino Royale. And it is uh, I like it for people that uh, can't decide whether they want a vodka or a gin martini because it's got both uh it is uh it's it's three ounces of gin one ounce of vodka and a half ounce of le blanc which is uh uh blah 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 what was that yeah uh le blanc my french is terrible but uh it's a it's an aperitif it's a, a citrusy uh, alcohol, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's tasty. I enjoy it. You, you top it off with a. Uh, it's served up in a martini glass, obviously, and uh, and you garnish it with a uh, with a lemon twist. So it's very very tasty martini. Is there a preferred method of serving it, shaken or stirred? Oh, absolutely shaken. Yes, shaken, okay. shaken, shaken. Well, it's, James Bond. it's James Bond, man. No, I know, I know. You're right, which is what I was hoping to hear. But I've also heard people say that if you're mixing, someone had once said that I think it was it might have been a vodka martini with the vermouth that you're supposed to stir it because shaking is just like all wrong when combining the alcohol. So I I wasn't sure how this would go with the vodka and the gin. Okay, humor yeah. me just for a second. As a person who doesn't drink these things. 
does it really matter? Yes. Like, is it that significant? You would that you would know that the drink was not shaken and it was stirred. Um, whenever you whenever you shake a drink in a in a martini shaker, and someone will probably call me out for saying that this is faulty. What I'm assuming uh, why you would want to shake it is because it makes it extremely cold, and that's even a line in Casino Royale. Is uh, whenever Bond will me see it's uh, he said he liked his. Uh, Oh, how did he describe it? He said he liked his martinis uh, large and very strong and very cold and very well made. And uh, the the ice, ice cold part of it, I think, is uh, uh, part of it being shaken as opposed to stirred in ice. Hmm. The man knows his libations. He also knows his James Bond. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I had to research a little bit for this. Yes, he did. And I'm dying to find out what comic book would correlate to this martini. Oh, yes. Let me guess. Queen and Country. <laughs> Good guess. We'll move on. <laughs> Go to ifanboy.com and check out my Comic Shots article, uh, and you can read all about it. Nice. And if you're also looking for something else to do, you can drop by our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Yes, we did not change the name. And uh, join us in our 11 o'clock Novel challenge. It's kind of like our eleven o'clock comics challenge, but in this little uh, gig we got going on, we're reading Neil Gaiman's American Gods. And uh, long story short, I used to shit on Gaiman a lot, <laughs> and uh, I, I was called out a little bit for it, and decided to back up my my little turds with some knowledge. And in, so far, I'm, I'm halfway done with it. Uh, the man can write. So, and there's a lot of interaction in that thread. People are really enjoying the book. We're getting a lot of discussion, a lot of different viewpoints going back and forth. And Dan is just sitting back, like uh, <laughs> yeah, don't blame him, like Brando in Apocalypse Now, <sighs> just taking it all in. Yes, yes. So, I, come join us. I may, uh, I may uh, hop on the bandwagon as soon as I get through. The uh, the huge pile of to read comics that unfortunately I seem to keep adding to every week. Mm. So eventually, that, that, that is our cross to bear. I'm going oh. backwards. I, I've noticed my my reading tastes and my buying habits are m- mirroring the stuff I used to buy in the late '80s, early '90s. It's it's odd. I'm buying uh, the occasional Transformers comic. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm buying um, GI Joe. I reread all of Devil's Do's G.I. Joe Reloaded just because IDW is going to put out G.I. Joe, which I'm going to buy. And I'm overdosing on Spawn this week. Really? Yeah. And you know what? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's one of those books where I think its reputation does not do it justice. But we can, we can get into that later. I, so I like Rich Blade a little bit. <laughs> it kind of, kind of like the the Ron oh. Mars Rich Blade. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, and and it's odd was, that you bring that up. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that Witch Blade was really pretty mediocre for a good long time, and it got good again. And it's it was kind of hard for people to. You know, I, I I still don't know if people that enjoyed the book have gone back to it. Well, they should because Witch Blade is to shizzle. But it's odd that you bring up Witchblade because the artist that uh, was working on the the three I read this afternoon, three of the most recent issues, um, 176, 175, and, and 178. See, I, ha- I even have to, 177. I, I can't even list the numbers in order. But his style is very similar to 
uh, um, Stephen Sajic on Witchblade. Stephen. This guy's name is uh, Brian Haberlin. It, mm-hmm. it, you would swear that that they were brothers in styles because they like like Sajic, where he has those super intense areas of hyper. Uh, detail, and then it goes into very impressionistic areas. This guy is the same way, and it's very mm-hmm. painted. It's, it's beautiful, but visually, they're, they're very similar. Yeah, Chris, look at you, picking up on it. Now, are you jumping back on the spawn in anticipation of I McFarlane already, coming back? Yeah, I already pre-ordered it. And I, and, and I don't even like McFarlane. Really? I, uh, no, I, but he's I'm only a, writing it, isn't he? I mean, I, and I'm not saying that that's a good thing, because I read Wils- Spider-Man, so... Wills is doing the finishes... But McFarnell, at least for the first little bit, is going to be doing layouts. Like layouts and, okay. yeah, yeah. I think cool. that's that's a little harsh to say that I don't like McFarlane. Uh, uh, McFarlane's style is not one that is pleasing to my eye. Let's just say that. I, I respect the man's talent, but I respect him more for what he did outside of comics. Mm-hmm. With, really? the, with the toys and stuff than, than, than his actual comics work. I think it, Spawn is one of those books where... After the original character, after the original creator uh, moved on, the book realized, or, or partly realized, the potential inherent in the character because the uh, uh, Brian Holguin issues that Greg Capullo drew, they're, mm. they're, they're so much fun. Uh, like, you say issues 98 to 105, those are the ones I read this week. Um, you got Al Simmons taking on a specter, like a Spirit of Vengeance type uh role in the book he's not uh, the 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 whole thing with hell uh, is done and and he was just actually watching over these characters and it was basically about these these individual characters and 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 their experiences and then spawn would come in at the end which so it was it was a lot like uh, jim apero's uh specter you know those morality kind of things that were Mm -hmm. going on there's one about um a Nazi memorabilia collector that is very memorable. I'm not going to get into it because it's not the place, but if you're looking for uh, a graphic punch in the nuts, I think you should check out. I think it's like 104, Spawn 104. It's 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 a mind blower. And it was written by Brian Holguin. This guy's pretty good. But and yeah, Spawn. I and and I've been overdosing on it. I've been reading and, and I read uh Alan Moore's Blood Feud. Uh the less said about that, the better. Has anybody read that? <laughs> oh, I can't answer. Sir. Oh, do not bother. <laughs> yes, it's Alan Moore, but you'd never know it. It does have some of the Alan Moore trademarks, but by and large, very forgettable. Drawn by Tony you Daniel. You mentioned the uh, spirit of vengeance there with uh, with Spawn, but did mm-hmm. uh, anybody have a chance to pick up uh, the Final Crisis Revelations today? Yeah, I bought it. Uh, I have it. I haven't read it yet, though. Same, Same here. here. Very very good, and uh, Philip Tan is uh, is good. Oh yeah, he, he he drew the shit out of this comic, so it was yeah, it was really good. And then, uh, if you Philip uh, Tan, I think he drew Spawn God's Lair. Wouldn't surprise me. I think he did. He, I believe he did do some Spawn work, but I'm not. That's another Spawn book that just was just awesome, and it was canceled way before its time. But so what? What was what was good about um, Revelations? Uh, well, it's, it's, I heard it's written by a hack, right? Uh, it's, uh, it's, (laughs) it's Rucka picking up two of his, uh, his favorite Gotham Central characters and that this is the, uh, um, Spectre and Question or, uh, uh, Renee Montoya and, uh, Crispus Allen, which, uh, he wrote 
prominently in uh, in Gotham Central, and, and both of those characters went on to uh, to uh, darker places, I guess you could say, with uh, uh, Crispus becoming the Spectre and Renee taking over the mantle as the question. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, this ties into Final Crisis. Um, it, well, you know, you don't know how much stuff is tied into Final Crisis. Obviously, right. if you if you read the uh, uh, the Crime Bible and you're reading. Know. Uh, Final Crisis. Now, there's a lot to do with with the whole crime Bible thing, and and I'm sure that Montoya, who's already popped up in Final Crisis for a couple panels, is gonna is gonna make an appearance. But this, uh, f- as far as the question story, this seems to pick up not too long after uh, after the conclusion of Crime Bible and uh, Libra. Uh, makes an appearance and uh, has some uh, very interesting interactions with uh, with the Spectre. So, yeah, if you're liking Final Crisis, or if you liked the uh, the Crime Bible, or you're a fan, or maybe even not a fan of what's been going on with the Spectre, I think that uh, I think that character is going to be changing dramatically over the course of the series. Will be a guess of mine. So, it uh, it was good. I I do like Crispus Allen. I think he's a really neat character. He hates being the Spectre. Oh, yeah. That's what's so neat about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's no fun if the guy enjoys it. Oh, I mean, he's he's absolutely tortured. I mean, that's that's one of the lines uh, in this is, um, oh, let me get to it here. Uh, but he, he's kind of, he, he, oh, what, what's the line? He goes, uh, uh, I am the Spectre. And I hate my very existence. Ah. It's, yeah, it's 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 actually some pretty powerful stuff. So yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Cool. If I can get through a couple more issues of Spawn, maybe I'll read that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of Final Crisis, isn't it, it's amazing how polarizing that book has become? Yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah. It is a love it or hate it book, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know why? Because it's first of all, Morrison is always a polarizing guy, yeah. and you you put the crisis moniker on top of that, and it's just people are just burdened by their expectations. You know, I mean, I've been saying this on all of our message board and other message boards. It's like people need to get over love it or hate it. You need to get over your preconceptions over what a crisis book is supposed to be like, because <laughs> anyone that thought that Grant Morrison was going to write a book that was evocative of Crisis on Infinite Earth apparently has never read Grant Morrison before. So, you know, take it, you know, I'm fine if you want to not like it. I'm fine if you want to wait and judge it after it's done. I'm fine if you don't want to read it. But some of the criticisms have just been as though they don't understand who Grant Morrison is, as though they expect him because he's been hired to do a crisis book. He needs to write some linear, straightforward, surface-level story, and that's not what you have Grant Morrison do. It would be it would be like asking, you know, Vince to Hello. you know draw a technical schematic with no creativity. You know, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which is what I do every single day of my life. <laughs> Some irony there, but <laughs> yeah, and that's not. But that's not to say that Morrison can't write a good, straightforward superhero comic. He's he's done it before. Actually, uh, Batman for a while was kind of you know, just a straightforward superhero comic. It's not like he hasn't done it before. But you know, Final Crisis. There's, I know that it doesn't read really easily that you really have to pay attention to it and there's yeah it's it can be it it can be a book that you have to pay attention to and that's losing some folks but i think it's one that i'm enjoying reading multiple times and every time it's it's it 
as this keeps coming out, it's going to take me longer and longer to get through them because each time a new issue comes out, I go back and I reread the whole series. Exactly. To, to yeah. see what I'm picking up. Yeah. And it's, but which I isn't love. Isn't that so exciting? I mean, why do people act like that's a bad thing? I mean, doesn't that harken back to when we first all got into comics and we didn't know a thing about the universes and that's what made it so exciting? I mean, yeah, that because was. A lot of people don't like to be challenged. Yeah, like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, oh dear God in heaven. <laughs> Are you happy you got that in? Are you happy? Because, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go upstairs and I'm going to read a good Grant Morrison, J.G. Jones comic and dig out my Marvel boy. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, David and I, for those who don't know, we were going back and forth on Robert Downey Jr. today. But anyway, David won. So, <laughs> so let's talk about Final Crisis a bit because Vince was dying to last week and I hadn't read it, so we couldn't. But, you know, I'm reading Final Crisis. Oh, if there's ever a time that I wish I would get disconnected. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm almost getting the feeling that there are bits of that reality that Morrison is writing in the book mm-hmm. intentionally missing. Like, the, like say the scene with... Um, a certain character. David, did you read it? Yes. Okay. The Mary Marvel scene. <laughs> that takes place. And then we jump to another scene. It, I, I get a feeling that even, even between panels, that you're not seeing everything that's going on. Well, hell, there's, um, there's yeah, that it, one. It's like, a, it's not an, uh, and there's no visual clues that is alerting me to this it's just a feeling that i have like after a scene jumps to another scene it feels like there should be something in between but mm-hmm. th- but there's not it almost as if morrison has take has taken it out and put it somewhere else does that make any sense oh it I, does I think that, well here's here's a guess is that um you know and spoilers for anyone who hasn't read it at the end of three everything you know, moves forward two weeks after evil has obviously won. There may be some. There may be some areas that are that are being left out because I. You get the feeling that they're gonna have to either go back in time and fix things, or that there are going to have to be events where things are have changed. So those may be the areas that Morrison is leaving there for Maybe. for whatever they're gonna have to do to set things right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And and just to add a little bit more of a commentary on the Mary Marvel scene, I thought it was way too excessive for my tastes. I do too. Yeah. I, I did not need... Morrison is too classy of a writer to disembowel and, and decapitate a dog to get people's sympathies in one direction or another. I, I thought it was way too violent, way too excessive. We We understand Mary Marvel is bad now. Uh, we don't have to see her eviscerate a human being and, and split a dog apart mm-hmm. graphically to to get that point. We, we mm-hmm. know it. And I, I, see, you know, I, I mean, but that could be Morrison saying, "You dickheads who were supposed to take care of this in Countdown totally screwed it up. Nobody knows where Mary Marvel is right now and why." In 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 the in the scope of two issues in Countdown, she went from good to bad, back to good, back mm-hmm. to bad, and like Darkseid was sitting in her living room, and all of a sudden, mm, you know what? It'd be a real like good idea if I was bad again. So Morrison, that could be just his way of saying there is no question about this right now. She's bad because she got tired of being good, and she's going to rip a dog apart. I can understand that. That that's in two pages. That did for me what fifty-two issues of freaking Countdown was supposed to do. Yeah, you know what? I did. I didn't read Countdown, and yeah, you know, I did like the first I don't know, four or five weeks. 
I don't feel like I'm missing anything. It's like you, you know, I I need to I need to catch up on some things, but I'm picking it up as I go along. I'm not I'm not there's, like I'm totally lost. There's absolutely nothing to pick up. Okay. Well, what has stuck, Wood, from Countdown? Yeah, not nothing so far. I mean, clearly. The, the less said about Countdown now, the better. I mean, with each right. passing issue of Final Crisis, it's all that much more apparent that Countdown was nothing more than a, a literally a sales-driven bridge between yeah. a big event to this event. I mean, and that's and, and, stupid. And sad, but. Our, our buddy likes to, our buddy Derek Coward likes to complain about Countdown. And for, for I mean, he has valid complaints. But I don't know. I'm, he's not complaining about Countdown so much as he's complaining about the publisher that said, you should be reading Countdown because it will bridge everything. And then you right. change the title of the series halfway through to Countdown to Final right. Crisis. And then you have a DC Universe Zero, which I guess is also supposed to help bridge things. Right. So he feels as though he's been taken. And, and I don't blame yeah. him in that regard. He stuck with it for a year. He we all, read we it. all were taken. Right. I mean, we all spent, and even with discount, we spent what? Um, uh, what over 100, 100 bucks. 120 You know, So it's... I, well. So yes, you're right. He he wants to. He's not so much complaining about Final Crisis because he's not really reading it. He read issue two, so he can't really complain about <laughs> Final Crisis so much. Well, that's because that's what. No, he read it because it was on his. He had to buy it. It was on his pull list. So I was watching was pretty good, but I only read the third issue. No, <laughs> no, no, no. He's not reading it to see if it's good or not. He read it because he had to buy it. But he. Uh, but he did complain about Morrison. He saying yes. that that um, it was a waste of time to read Countdown. And yes. in my opinion, that's something Morrison should be praised for. Mm-hmm. Be, because he's, he's admitting that the, the company line was bullshit. I didn't write that. That has nothing to do with my story. You know, that's fine. Thing, I really hope that people aren't taking out the frustrations of Countdown on Trinity. Because Trinity has been really good. Yeah. It really has yeah. been. I've 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 enjoyed it a lot, and I have a feeling a lot of people jumped off the the weekly after after Countdown, and that's it's a shame because that's that's yeah. been a fun series so. Far. All right, let's steer it back to Countdown number three because I want to know what Final Crisis Final Crisis number three. Yeah, did, did I say Freudian. Countdown? You did say I'm, Countdown. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I want to know what David. dollars uh, was. But while, while Vince is trying to figure out her technical difficulties, go to the iTunes Music Store and leave 11 O'Clock Comics an iTunes Music Review. It's uh, one of the best ways that you can help promote the show and raise its visibility. And then go to uh, www.heroinitiative.org and uh, throw a couple bucks the way of some veteran creators who are in need. There you go. It's your public service announcement. Okay. Yeah. How about the, the, the news that um, Gene Colan is go- is confirmed for, what was it, Baltimore? Yeah, sweet. That That is awesome, isn't it? I'm very happy. We, we just, last time we heard about Gene, he was in uh, a very tenuous situation with his with his health. Now he's yes. going to a, a convention. I, I was so well, that pleased. That is pretty news. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, I was so pleased to see that today. Maybe so we're going Baltimore too. Final Crisis, or we? No, we're I mean, going yeah. back to Final Crisis number number three because I want to hear David's uh, opinion of it because <laughs> that means something. His opinions matter to me. Damn it! To, to you? Yes. Oh, oh Jesus! Okay. Aim higher, man. The uh, <laughs> uh, now, granted, I have I have a few 
of the I have a few issues to go in the fourth volume of Seven Soldiers. So I haven't finished that yet, so I haven't I haven't gotten to the whole point of, of the heroes banding together to fight off the Sheeta and things like that. So with that said, real cool seeing Frankenstein to kick yeah. off the issue. Yeah, baby. That kicked ass. That was great. Um, Jones, is, Jones is pretty solid, but he's no Doug Mankey. Go ahead. He is not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm imagining that something happens to uh, to Baby Boy or whatever the hell was the, the, the publisher and the brains behind the Manhattan Guardian newspaper. Right. I'm guessing something happens to him in Seven Soldiers because he's nowhere to be found in these first couple pages with all the people that Frankenstein's talking to. Oh, that that um, may, may be more than just throwing your curveball. That's cool. That's know. cool. Um, I am, and I've said this since the beginning, I am reading Final Crisis because Morrison is writing it. I am not reading this. I'm not looking at this because Jones is drawing it. Mm-hmm. There is, to me, just my opinion. I don't care who argues it. I don't care what anybody has to say about it. Everybody can love it Nor the way they want you. to. Right? But there is... There are some decent scenes that Jones draws, but the, the good does not outweigh the bad in my eye, as far as art goes. <laughs> the, um, but I, you know, I'm along for the ride. I'm not, I'm not picking it apart. I'm not, I'm not reading every issue and then going back and reading the issue before it to look for clues. I'm, I'm enjoying it as it comes out. I'll go back and read it when I can, but I'm, I have, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be one of the people that read it and then bitch about it just for the sake of bitching about it. If I find something in it that I'm really not, not a fan of, I'll say something about it, but I can't outright say, yeah, this, this sucks. I mean, good, because I would have to kill you. Yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) go ahead. Not, not, not to take David's side, God forbid, but I have to, I, I like Jones. I think Jones is a very good artist but he's not a stunning artist in my opinion and he's not a terrible unprepared slapdash artist he falls somewhere in between for me and while his stuff doesn't elicit anything from me either good or bad he should be a stunning artist being on the 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 biggest miniseries of of 2008 for dc Mm -hmm. there should be a stunning artist on there I really like J.G. Jones. I, I think he's very good, but um, I, I and I look at some of his pages and I think, wow, that's Who, really good. I like that a lot. Rather see on it. I I can't say because Jones is the one that's on it now, so there's no point in, in 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 what ifs. Well, Pacheco is good too, but but well, he's going to be mean, on it. This issue, that's why I say that. Like, like what if say somebody I think is really exceptional. Justiniano. What if Justiniano <laughs> was drawing? Oh, it would have well, been him to no to no end. I mean, he's when 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 I not enough name recognition. There's that, but but right. is, uh, who's who's buying this for Morrison and who's buying this for JG Jones or who's buying wow, this for the characters? No, you know, I think a lot of people are buying this for the combination because yeah. I mean, JG Jones's star is about as big as you can get after those fifty-two covers. I mean, that was a pretty monumental accomplishment that. Just right. about anyone that read DC really uh, vaulted J.G. Jones into their 
beloved artist for that. Right. And but I think even it, you got to admit that but, stylistically, the covers for Fifty Two are very different from what's. Oh, absolutely. And, See, that's and that's, and, go ahead. Okay, because no, I was just going to say it's I. That's. You know that's why they work at DC. They're editors. They're they're the powers that be. They see things that obviously I never will. They know things that I never will. But I just I can't see the connection between someone who draws fifty two covers, fifty two static images, fifty two posters every week for a year, and then hey, you know who'd be a great sequential artist for this big event that we have planned? The guy that did the covers for the last year. I don't yeah. I don't well, see I the connection. I was going to well, make that exact point, David, is that I think we're seeing in Final Crisis so far that there is a big difference between being a fantastic cover artist and being a fantastic sequential artist. And uh, I, you know, I, as you mentioned, I, I was familiar with JG's work when Morris, with, with Morrison on Marvel Boy, and mm-hmm. I did love the 52 covers. I thought they were great. Um, I was intrigued by the notion of Jones doing this, although I think even before the book started coming out, he was burdened by the question of could he handle um, the monthly schedule. And we're already seeing, unfortunately, that he he wasn't up to that task. At least uh, it seems that way. I, I don't want to conjecture as to whether or not. I don't know. I don't the, know if it was his fault. Yeah, I, exactly. I can't conjecture on that. Get, you don't know if he was getting you know scripts mm-hmm. late, etc. Right. Have you ever yeah, did you ever read the, the the Black Widow series that he did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. I mean, and, and that's the thing about JG Jones is that he is. You have to remember this is a a company wide event. And as much as I would like to see Darwin Cook doing this, or um, you know, a, a really expressive guy like Scotty Young doing doing a lot of the, uh, of other mainstream stuff, a big company event like this has to be very accessible and that's why a guy like jg jones is is gonna be who they who they tab for this i mean Mm -hmm. that's well you know that was that was perez for a long time was it's just that his art is very accessible Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's more almost house style but i mean not really but yeah you know can you imagine the phone call jg jones picks up the phone gee yeah it's dan how would you like to draw every single character in the DC universe and do it for what? Is this seven issues? Yeah. And, and, and do it for seven monthly. Well, not seven monthly. There's that break in between. But yeah. the pressure must be, must be colossal on this guy. You can't say no. It's not something that anybody who, who had, with any kind of uh, upward mobility would, would say no to. So you take the job and, and you have to draw everything in the DC universe and please every one of the fans. It's it's I would not No, but see it's it. not no, you're right. And it's not it's not just and and great that I will say this, like you said, Vince, there are scenes, there are pages going from panel to panel where time's jumping around, where Morrison's leaving things out. So, you know, yeah. it's kind of hard to say, well, wow, I this think. panel, from this panel to this panel, that didn't make any sense. Well, that just could be, that's the way it's written. So, you know, or yes, there probably is, most likely there is some undue shit sure. given to Jones because someone can't follow the story and they're going to blame the art when it could just be exactly how it's written. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even talking about going from panel to panel. There are some inconsistencies that I see in 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 faces and figures in in just the way 
some, but I tend to nitpick the shit out of things, so it's real. I'm yeah. not someone to go by. Yeah, I don't worry about that stuff. Right. Yeah. So no, I, I, I think it was ballsy of them to have Morrison write this thing. I think they're doing a series that is not completely accessible to mm-hmm. to their fan base. Um, oh, that's the I, thing I like the best about. Yeah, them I mean, it's, they got a lot of balls. It, uh, from a marketing perspective, it's 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 probably a disaster because you've got all of the the big blockbuster movies out right now, and you've got the big mega event that you know is I have trouble keeping up with it, and I read a lot of fucking comic books, so you know I I it's ballsy of them to do it. So you know, won't know until it's all done. But you know, take my hat off to them. And in the, that three ninety nine cover price, you, you're actually getting. Two or three rereads out of it, I think. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, it's Tom Morris again calling. I would like to say I loved the show last week. I'm really looking forward to tonight's show. Hopefully, you know, a lot of stuff will get brought up. I'm sure Final Crisis 3 will be the big topic. Uh, something I would thought might be interesting, we, might, we could probably bring up more on the forums, or maybe if you guys listen to this ahead of time and want to discuss it. Comparing the the two writing plot styles of Grant Morrison and Brian Michael Bendis, you know they're both working on the big event books for you know their particular companies, Marvel and DC. And I think it's interesting, especially with Final Crisis, how we're getting surprises, but we're not getting explanations, as opposed to say in Secret Invasion, where we got a bunch of surprises, and now we're, thanks to the use of all the uh, tie-ins, we're getting a lot of exposition about what's going on. So essentially. They're both writing novels, or I guess we call it graphic novels, but they're both writing novels, and they have different writing styles. Like I would say, compare Bendis's to very much like a uh, not you know a novelist that likes to do like flashbacks and flash forwards. And of course, you know Morrison, he's writing a very straightforward story without you know very little ex- you know explanation. I'm who knows he may throw it in there toward the end to try to clear up a lot of confusion. I don't know. I mean, obviously that's going to be something we'll find out as we're going on with this. But like I said, I'm curious to see which style do you think is more effective, the way Bendis is doing it by using tie-in books for uh, clarification, or the way Morrison's doing it, is writing pretty much big epic stuff without you know, with such short amount of time that there's less you know, no time for explanation or back backlogs. Anyway, I hope the show goes great and. Also, hope to, I'd like to put a shout out to invite everyone listening to come uh, hang out at Dragon Con. I'll be personally hosting a uh, panel on the graphic novels from the literature side at our Sci Fi Lit Track. Hope to see you all there. Enjoy. I did take a peek at Secret Invasion number five today. Marty bought it. Mm-hmm. Well, then it, you, it, you, you, you won up on me. I haven't checked it out yet. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't. I, I haven't read it. I don't know the plot. I, I Well, I do know the plot, but I don't know <laughs> the specifics. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say that it, it does look good. And, then, oh, yeah. and then, again, going going back to what we said about Jones, there are a lot of freaking characters in Secret Invasion that Lenny Yu has to draw. And it, it it looked fine to these eyes. That Lenny has to draw and that Mark Morales has to clean up. That's right. They're a good team. I hope they stay together for. Yes, they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a real neat panel with uh, Fury yelling. Oh, do, do not is is it, has he been in number four? Yes, he, he showed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I just and Howling Commando showed up. Yeah. I didn't want to ruin anything. Where he's yelling something, and it's just 
it's real neat. It's perfect, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it has no bearing on the story. But it's a neat little character bit. Cool. So yeah, I I, so, I liked what I saw. I have a quick question before we f- finish the uh, final crisis. Yes. Uh, as the last page. Uh, who is the who is the fury on the left that has kind of the Batwoman fish? That's Batwoman. You can kind of see the symbol is has risen up past her breast and is is around the collar. Oh, excellent. Okay, great. Yeah, you're right. Okay, thanks. Well done. Cool. So it's 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 Batwoman, Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and and Giganta. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was really cool how the Japanese heroes have become have become the forever people. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you think they're going to turn into a mech? Well, which one is Flippa Dippa? <laughs> I don't know. They're not, they're not around water yet. Let them get to water to see him. Where is or, Flippa? Or maybe that's the new Aquaman. I was going to say maybe he was just standing there on the sea or sitting there on yeah. the seahorse. So don't you be stealing my ideas. Aquaman. Oh, that's your idea. <laughs> well, it, on the forum, I proposed yes. to to revamp Aquaman, and I said if I ever got the chance to do it, Flippa Dippa would be a supporting character. A that major would be supporting character. That, that would be a. If if they didn't give Aquaman a new title and say they just kind of put him in Brave and the Bold, then it would be a Brave and the Bold team up of Aquaman and Flippa Dippa for like a year and a half. It would always be Aquaman and Flippa Dippa. <laughs> With another character. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe they'd have something to do this month, maybe not. Maybe they'd just sit around, you know, talk talk shop. Collect she shells, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Respect. that. Jason, what are you reading, buddy? You know what I I just read today, uh, Alex Robinson, his new uh, now the name's escaping me. The new graphic novel he just put out. Too cool. Oh, to, yeah, too cool to be forgotten. Right. First, let me say that the presentation of the book is pretty creative. It's you know the book is sized and designed to look like a pack of cigarettes, right. like a, you know like cool menthols, pretty much. So very very interesting way to package it. Um, I went into it with relatively modest expectations. I actually haven't read a ton of Alex Robinson stuff, so um, I was interested to see if I felt as strongly about him after this as it seems most of the people I talk to that like comics feel about him. It seems like pretty much everybody that I ever hear mention him speak with reverence of his stuff. Um, To be honest with you, I thought it was... A very, very quick read for its size, and not necessarily in a good way. I thought it was a quaint, personal story that I feel like I've read 20 other times or seen 20 other times before. I didn't think there was a ton of depth to it, and I guess was a little bit disappointed from that perspective. I kind of finished reading it and said, okay. It was sort of like watching a half-hour episode of you know, a drama of the week to me. It wasn't anything that's really going to stick with me in the way, say, something like a Blankets or something of that same genre would have when I read that. Well, it's so. Box Office Poison or Trekt, which is much, much Yeah, bigger. I haven't read it right. I mean, I haven't. I have Box Office Poison sitting on my shelf here somewhere, but I haven't read that, actually. So um, reading this, I thought maybe it would spark me to wanting to pick that up and, and give it a read, but now I think I need to give it some time because um, I want to put enough distance between that and this so that I don't prejudge it. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a little tease. It'll give you about another, uh, about another, another three weeks or so before you start digging into it. Okay. Because I got. I got to start reading it soon too. Oh, what's oh, that? Oh, very interesting. I got you. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I I read uh, Rain in Hell. Yay! Which, 
<laughs> which you mentioned Justiniano. I'm sure a lot of our listeners remember me absolutely ripping Justiniano <laughs> about two months ago. And as I told you guys before we went on the air, I think I owe him an apology because I think when all is said and done, I was talking about a different guy because <laughs> the cover of Rain and Hill is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous from start yeah. to finish. It's and sick, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And so I did a little searching on Comic Book DB, and I think I was confusing him with Eduardo Francisco. Do you guys remember him? He, well, Eduardo Francisco was the penciler for another Keith Giffen written product, and that was at Marvel. He was the penciler for Nick Fury's Howling Commando. Howling Commandos, okay. Oh. And I have oh, to tell Lord. you, on that. yeah, he did. Yeah, but Francisco was the primary penciler. And I don't know if you guys remember, but when I that was a fan of it. When that was before that came out, for some reason that got more run than any other Marvel book, and pretty much at the back of every Marvel book. Yeah, that's where I remember months, it. They had those preview pages, and you know, again, I I know we try and be positive here, and, and art is art, but of all the art that I can remember reading in a mainstream book in the last five to ten years, <laughs> those pencils just. I detested them. I Dude, thought I they liked were... it. You did, <laughs> of course, you did. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> but he likes Stephen Platt, so okay. Oh, yeah. I really thought it was horrendous stuff, and for some reason, I thought I thought that Justiniano was him was, was the same guy, but clearly he's not. And uh, apologies to Justiniano if he's listening out there. You can you can draw your ass off, buddy. <sighs> well, you did read the um, Creeper Infinite Infinite Crisis Day of Vengeance miniseries, right? Mm, trying to think which one was the Day of Vengeance. Day which, of Vengeance was the, the that, magic users. Yeah, like the, where, the pre-Shadow Pact. Yeah, where the, mm-hmm. they had to go for the rock of, um, what's Shazam's rock called? The Rock of Eternity? The rock of Ages. Uh, <laughs> I no, that's definitely... <laughs> no, I, I don't think I did uh, read it. Oh, okay. Well, Justiniano drew that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Beautifully, by the way. But yeah, the, uh, you would have been exposed to him there. But since you didn't read it, there you go. I did read Creeper though, and he did that, right? Yep. Yeah, I Creeper posted. I posted ass. pages. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Okay. Well, but I have to go back and look at this stuff because again, I, I, I thought it was the same guy, but clearly it's it's either it's not or he's gotten really 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 good. Yeah, he's <laughs> pretty saw- much. Uh, he's subtly. There's been subtle changes to his art, but he's pretty much <laughs> stayed the same. Every, everything I've seen from him. So okay. maybe it's just you. Okay. Could be. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> I'm aging like a fine wine. Ah, excellent, excellent. What's so what David want to? What I think David has something he'd like to talk about. Yes. What do I want to talk about? Well, I do. I I don't know. I'm going aside from uh, making my way through American Gods again. Thank you, Vince. Yeah. Um, Man, it's I, raining like a mother here. Is it really? It hasn't yeah, hit us yet. Chicago too. Oh shit! It's probably moving towards me. Um, it's a big I have criminal. Crowd. Number four on the uh, yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have criminal number four on the stack. Um, I read. I hear comic- so many people say that that was the best thing that came out last week, and I haven't read it yet. It's it's the it kicks off a new arc. It's a four part arc that uh, this is the first one. It's called Bad Night. So I'm not sure if it uh, if it touches on any of the other characters from the first volume or the first three issues of of the second volume. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I read Atomic Robo number one, this the first issue of the second volume, which was was pretty good. Actually, I'm going to have a review of that for uh, for I think one of uh, for Derek's uh, indie comic book noise. But the what the hell? 
I'll review it for us too then. What, okay. what the hell? Because he sent it to me, he asked me to review it. So I'm going to record something, and send it to him. Just kidding you. You could review it for anybody I'll, you want. I don't I'll, no, I'll call our voicemail line. What's what's the number for that? Oh, put me on the spot. Why don't you? I think our it's two zero six three one two five two three nine. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um, no, the one eight hundred Vince B. Again for the <laughs> once again for the hear hi once again for the hearing impaired. All right, cool guys. Two zero six. Three, one, two. Wait, you want you want to punch the button so that it, it, you have the dial tone so people can vote them in that way. That'd um, be really cool. The uh, one thing that I've been meaning to mention to find out if anybody else read is uh, I don't I don't is, I don't know if the second issue is out yet. Um, two Face Year One Number One. Yes. Did anybody else read that? Hey no. man, Mark Sable, good stuff. It was. Um, and you had uh, Jeremy Hahn on the flashback pages, and uh, Jesus says he, uh, he, he yeah he he there were some scenes especially with the former commissioner and uh, and some scenes with with Gordon harkened back heavily to uh, Mazzucchelli and Year One, oh, yeah. and it was. Uh, it was a nice nod. I really enjoyed it. I liked. Uh, I like seeing Harvey pre district attorney, uh, friends with Bruce, and and uh, and I'm I'm really anxious to get the second part. That that was good. But yeah, Mark Sable wrote it. Palmiotti inked it. Han did the flashbacks, and uh, and Jesus did the uh, did the main pencils. But one thing that I, I sent an email or I sent a message to Vince over the weekend. We were Renee and I were at the bookstore. And we're walking through, and she stops at a uh, a display. Chris is probably going to want to go get something to drink. There was a display from I think Tokyo Pop. Ooh! And the covers of some of the manga digests caught her eye, and the one that she honed in on, the first one. There, we we ended up leaving with two manga books. The first one is Hotel Africa which I think might be put out by Viz Media. The one that she started flipping through, though, was Triple X Holic, or just Holic, hmm. so, which is put out by Clamp. So, she, uh, so she's got some manga on her reading pile once she finishes a couple of the novels she's reading now, and, and, uh, and she is interested in Monster. Wow. So, yeah. So I guess I can add that on the gateway thread. Well, that's really strange that she should be picking up manga because that's what I read for this week. Really? Yes. Is that okay, you guys Chris? Are me. I read manga. <laughs> manga. I mean, uh... this is it's from Dark Horse. Manga. Okay. And it's called Ghost Talkers Daydream. Story by Osuki Saki. Art by Meguro Sankichi. It's got a really cool premise. Now, just wait a minute for the premise. Just hear me out. Manga has a great premise. After that, it's terrible. Well, you know what? I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but this is not going to be a glowing uh, recommendation in this. But anyway, the book focuses on a 19-year-old girl called Misaki Saki. What's her name? (laughs) Misaki Saki. Okay? Get this. This is the part that really... That really drew me into this book. She's an, she's an albino dominatrix who, when she's not working at the Rapanji S&M Club, moonlights as a ghost talker. She you can... Freak. No, 
no listen she can she can see the spirits of ghosts and they they interact with her in a way where she she can channel them and deliver information and messages to her assistant it's it's a really neat premise i think it's it's pretty cool the uh, the thing that got me is the cover where uh it it's it's a snow scene it's very frosty it's very chilly looking and she's there in a winter coat completely nude with uh like calf high boots on but you don't really see anything it's 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 what the one of those less is more type cheesecake shots where you get maybe the the hint of a breast but they don't really show anything <laughs> which is n- better than not than seeing the whole thing at all right i i think cheesecake is much more sexy than, than yeah. just full full on nudity yeah so uh the cover drew me in but uh like i said there's something about this book well let me let me just guess the, the plotting the, the the plot was was loose and the dialogue was terrible <laughs> No, I'm just actually, going out on actually, a fucking limb there. No, actually not. Actually not. It, the, the book is divided into two segments. I, I won't say halves because they're not of equal length. Two. Th- there's two stories in this book. The first one, uh, uh, Misaki takes a job from the Metropolitan Quality of Life Division to investigate an apartment that's been scheduled for demolition. This apartment building is known as the Hanging Mansion because there's been a bunch of suicides in it. Uh, and in Room 201, she encounters a ghost of a boy named, that everyone nicknamed Pube. <laughs> okay? No, and that's, and he gives her the first clue in solving the, the entire mystery. So, I will say something. This, this manga is shrink wrapped, and it has a parental advisory sticker on it. And I would have to agree with that because there are things in here that I would not want my daughter to read, my 10 okay. year old to read. It, it's it's very adult, but it's not adult enough. That that that's part of my problem with this book. She has an assistant. Her his name is Soichiro. He's deathly afraid of ghosts. She also has a stalker named Mitsuru, who not only bugs her home, but he enters her her home and steals her panties. Okay, kind of weird, but but when you see when, when you when it's revealed why he steals her panties. It's kind of like, okay, like I didn't see this coming. There there are a bunch of gags in here where either she trips over something exposing her genitals, but you don't see them. They're, they're, they're obscured. Or she'll back into something and her ass will be obscured and all the guys around her will go like, you know, crazy. So there's a lot of fan service in this book. But it's not, it, it, it's, it's not sexy enough. It's it's never explicit, so the the, the sexuality is kind of always on the fringe. You never really get a full face full of nudity. I mean, but she's an S and no, listen, she's an S and M dominatrix, and we see some of what she does in the mm-hmm. in the S and M club, but it's it's never really you you never kind of get the idea that she's a a pig or she's just doing it for the money. She just does it. She's a transvestite, though. No, she's not. She's a woman. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah, but it's in and the S and M scenes are not explicit enough. They they fall short. They're they're not memorable, you know. And even the horror, I mean, it's basically a horror manga. So she's she's investigating. Uh, yeah, in in the second uh, story, she in, is investigating the death of a young woman and her two year old daughter. Now, 
I have a real soft spot for kids, so whenever there's any kind of mistreatment for children involved, of children involved, I kind of I'm I immediately slant to one direction, right. and that's towards the children. So the, the the this child was given a stuffed bear that just so happens to record it, it, it records audio. So if the child said something to the bear, the bear would say it back in the child's voice. Kind of cool, but this child was killed. And not only the voice of the child is on the bear, the killer's voice is on the bear. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Dun, dun, That's dun. pretty cool. So, right. So that they try and find the killer. But even, even the horror aspects of this thing, there, there's one sequence where the bear walks up to her assistant and, well, you don't see it walk up to her assistant. The, the, her assistant looks down and the bear is hugging his leg and, the, and, and speaking which should be rendered in a real creepy fashion. It should be the, like one of, the, one of the gut punches of this entire book, and it's just another scene. There, there, there's really nothing scary about it. It's, it's not nearly as scary as, like, say, the, the Uzumaki, which is a, a, a blood-curdling se- series by uh, Ito, Junji Ito, or uh, if you guys have ever seen uh, Hideshi Hino, this guy has creepy down to a science. This book is not that. It's not scary enough. It's not sexy enough. But so I, I, I mean, I ultimately read the book and I enjoyed it to a certain point. It's paced really well and the characters are fun and it's like semi-nude anime chicks or manga chicks every once in a while because she is a dominatrix. So she has to dress the part. But could I recommend this book to anyone? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't want to say I didn't like it because I did, and that's the thing about pre-ordering comics. I'm already pay. I've already paid for the second volume of right. this thing, you know. So I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt for now. Ghost Talkers Daydream. I, I, there's potential in it. There's great potential because an albino S and M dominatrix ghost talker. <laughs> it doesn't get much better than that, in my opinion. But one part of the really cool thing of the, I left one of the neatest things of the book out. She has something called canoe and what they are, are demon threads. They're ropes that erupt from her body when she's threatened and they bind anybody who's trying to get the, the, the drop on her, which is a really cool symbolic tie no pun intended, to her job as a dominatrix. But she, she, she never really explains the demon threads, like where they came from, what, what are they? They're just ropes, and, and they fly from her arms and her, and her legs and stuff. I, I just, after listening to that, is, I feel like I have nipple clamps on myself. I would like to see you in nipple <laughs> clamps. But, so not, not a glowing review, and, I, and if anyone picked this up, I would not say, you know, oh, you just threw your money away. It, it's, it's, there's some fun to be had, but not as fun as it could possibly be. So it's, it's, different, than the, it, it's different than the yaoi that you normally read. No, I, I mean, I get my money's work out of the yaoi. <laughs> let me tell you. Nice. I read those things yeah, back to front. Back. Good man. But uh, it's, it's, it's beautifully drawn by uh, Megaro Sankichi. The, the story's decent. It just, it, it's not as, especially uh, memorable, this issue anyway. The Yakuza is in it. So, I mean, all the pieces are there. It's just they, the puzzle has not been put together yet. But I, I, I will get back to you guys on future volumes, I guess. I don't know. 
probably the nights that Chris isn't available. Yeah, maybe. But I love manga. Is Chris still I, I don't here? Know why he, I don't know why he has such a, a, a you negative. Know what? I think, I think Chris should read Empowered. Oh, but Empowered's not really manga. It's drama. No, but it's, it's kind of, yes, that's what I'm saying. It might, it might make the transition into it a little easier. I'm being a ray of fucking sunshine tonight, so I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> no, let's. I want to get to the root of this. Why don't you like manga? So, X Men Origins, Jean Grey came out Dude, today. Dude, how beautiful is that book? It, it's so gorgeous. It is. Have, have you guys seen this yet? It's it's it's, it's you know like, not, no, not. Tell not, me why you don't like the manga. Not not not. No, to, I don't. Not to plug another curious. show. It was. Uh, X-Men Origins Jean Grey was my pick of the week on uh, on Marvel Noise. Oh, it was awesome. It, great story by, by McKeever, and it's yeah. an absolutely beautiful painted book from Mike Mayhew. So it's, uh, and you guys know me, it's you know three ninety nine book, but I think it was what, 20, 28 pages of, was, of actual, yeah, actual it's, story? Yeah, yeah. And some of them are two pages. Some of them are double-page spreads. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how he perks up when it swings back to the House of Ideas? Look oh, at him. Shit. He's like a kid, and he's like a kid in a candy shop. Why are you picking now, wait on a Chris? Minute. Now, <laughs> give me some landscape here. Is this thing a miniseries or a one-shot? One-shot. Um, this is a one-shot. But, oh, one-shots are good. But they're yeah. going to do an origin issue for each of the original five X-Men. Yeah. Ah. So this is, and I think in the order of them, of how they were recruited by Professor X. So, yeah, if you want to know about the origins of, of the X-Men, or, you know, let's be honest, everybody that already knows the origins of them, these are just great retellings uh, of those. And uh, I, I don't know if if Mike is painting all of them. I don't think he is. No, it, it's... But you this first one is X-Men Origins Colossus that was put out. Uh, was that a one shot? Yeah, that was a one shot. But yeah. who? it was written by Chris Yost and Trevor Harrison did the uh, pencils. Did he really? Trevor? No yeah. kidding. Did he? Yeah. I don't. Oh wow. Okay, then I'll have to go back and find that again because I didn't. Rem- I didn't recall him drawing it. Yeah, Not the last uh, theorist, but we we do need to acknowledge why these books are coming out now because McKeever wrote this book what eighteen months ago. You know oh, why yeah, they're coming yeah. out now, right? Because X Men Origins Wolverine is coming out next year and they're going to start promoting it and so they want all these books out because the, the movie uh, does well they're going to have other X-Men Origins movies well the next oh. yes right yeah because I think they're going to do well they, they had plans to do a Magneto one the uh, movie is called actually X-Men, X-Men, Origins. X-Men yeah, Origins Wolverine that's very smart and, and apparently it's there's it's oh, it not just uh, it live or leave Schreiber plays uh, Sabretooth or plays Creed um, and does a Look, much Tyler better job. No, Schreiber. <laughs> Schreiber. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she can grow her mustache in time for the uh, the. Uh, yes, she is. The Good uh, God. But you have uh, Deadpool is in it. I think. Probably uh, Ryan Gambit. Reynolds. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds um, maybe the Blob. So it's like there's all this. I, I don't know how they're going to tie all this in because I think wait, it's. Wait, the, wait, wait. One. I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's the okay. Dude on on two. Pizza places, a guy and a girl, or whatever, okay. is going to be okay. Deadpool. Yes. Yeah. I, first of all, never mind. Never oh, that's mind, cool. Yeah, never mind the, the the sitcom he was in. I think he did a great job in Blade as Hannibal mm-hmm. King. Exactly. He's the things that I've seen him in. I found I found He's him a funny entertaining. Guy. Yes. So yeah. I, I have no problem with him being Deadpool because I think he could pull mm-hmm. Wade off. Um, even you know as much as I like Deadpool. Sorry, Wood. Uh, the <sighs> 
the <laughs> I know, I know. So he's going to cut me. Um, but yeah, there are all these mutants that are in X Men Origins Wolverine, the movie, which is going to be interesting to see how they're tied in to the Weapon X program and things like yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's it's basically the Weapon X program. I don't. Did you guys see? You could probably still Google it. There was a, so, a so the bootleg uh, trailer. Yeah, but um, it, it opens up with Hugh Jackman and Liv Schreiber standing on a firing line in China, and they get shot, of course, and then they wake up and they're you know back in the good graces of the U.S. government, and uh, the guy says, "You at you know twelve o'clock yesterday, you two were assassinated. How did it feel?" And you know, Liv Schreiber says something you know trite, like it hurt like a bitch or something like that, but. Um, yeah, no, the movie looks sweet. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, though, I have to say, you know what the best thing he's ever been in? What? Scarlett Johansson. Oh! <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, you, you said Hugh Jackman, mm-hmm. and that son of a bitch person on CGS forum, that Hugh Jars. I, I, whenever you, I hear the word Hugh, I, I automatically <sighs> think it's going to be followed by Jars. So you said Hugh Jackman, and I heard Hugh Jars. He's the so, uh, one that always talks about the Aqualung. Yeah, the the iron, the iron, iron lung. lung. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the next X Men Origins comic book will focus on Hank. Will focus on Beast. Nice. Yep. But, yep. So yep. it just yep. says coming soon. There's no there's no actual release date plan. But it just at the end of the X Men Origins Jean Grey, it says like next one or coming soon X Men mm-hmm. Origins Beast. So it's I'm 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 looking forward to these. These are pretty cool. Yeah, it's this was. Go ahead. I was going to say when we were talking to uh, to Mayhew a couple of weeks ago on AC, he said this was originally supposed to be a Mythos story. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they uh, changed it to an Origins, and yeah, it's. I mean, it's been. I think it's been actually done for like a year and a half now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say, relative to the movie, it's sort of weird. I never understand how they go about casting these things um, because. It definitely centers around, if you look at the cast, it definitely centers around the Weapon X program. And for the most part, a lot of the characters are from the comics. You know, there's Logan and, you know, Deadpool and Sabretooth and Silver Fox and Agent Zero and, you know, the like. But then, <laughs> then Dominic Moynihan from, you know, from Lost and... Uh, right, and, and Lord he's, of the he's playing, Yeah, he's playing Barnell Bohusk, who's Beak, who, you know, is... <laughs> like, who's from the, the Morrison? Doing that? Yeah. Okay. What point do the writers say we need to have Beak in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the probably around they're probably the same people who thought that um, Rob Schneider would be good for the Judge Dredd movie. Oh, for Christ's sake! I was waiting you know for that. I mean? oh. And then Gambit's in it too. Now that one I understand because Gambit's popular. I would, I would love to see Maverick in it. If they're going to go by the Weapon X program, when you already have Sabretooth there. Throwing Maverick in would be great. Well, because the three of them, cool, too. They have yes. John Wraith, They have Agent Zero. Um, they have the Blob and the Gambit and Lumberjack. So pretty much a lot of characters. I assume a lot of these guys will be just cameos and stuff. But can't, can't wait why, for X Men Origins Phantom Why Why do they have to keep including the Blob in these friggin' things? And I, what I makes the Blob, blob interesting? The blo- no, there's nothing interesting about exactly. a big fat guy. And and like uh, when they when the they were doing the Marvel Legends figures and one of the build a figures was the Blob. I Do you said, want another answer? Why, why don't you just tell me not to buy these figures because I don't want a big fat guy on my the show. The real answer is because it's easy CGI. Of course, yeah. And he can just sit on people. 
Yeah, I mean, it can make a fence. Imagine what he smells like, though, in his there. nasty areas. <laughs> in his nasty areas. Are there any areas on him that aren't nasty areas? He's, he's not he's, fresh. Let's just he's got a tainted way. taint. <laughs> you can't say taint two weeks in a row, buddy. Well, he's, not talking, he's not talking about Kirby's taint this <laughs> week. Taint every week. Uh, Chris, do you have anything you'd like to talk about? We because lost Chris. I, talk. He's completely tuned out now. He's writing next week's comic I chiming. I heard Deadpool and I started reading other stuff. You guys are killing No, You know what? I I can't read any Deadpool that's not written by Fabian Nicieza. That guy knows that. Yeah, Fabian's awesome. I'm going to have to walk out of this place. Are you kidding me? Dude, no, there have been so hot. many good writers of Deadpool. And, Priest. And, and, and Chris Priest, exactly. Joe Kelly, come on. Oh, I like Gail, Joe Kelly. Gail yeah. Ed, Ed McGinnis yeah. Art. No, oh. I think Fabian's the best. They will Wait. never get better than Fabian. No. Joe <laughs> Kelly's the best. Joe Rob, Kelly's the one that... that there's going to be a Rob Liefeld variant cover on the first issue. Is there, there really? I yes. <laughs> there's, wait, so we have... We have, <laughs> we have Vince talking about Spawn. We all know that Chris collected the first hundred issues of, of Witchblade. Can I talk about the first and only issue of Darker Image? Maybe it's time to reevaluate some of our opinions on the early image stuff. I think there's a few books that hold up. Like I will I am not ashamed to admit I love every every single page of Sylvester's uh Cyberforce. I, I think that too. book is awesome. I think I have most of the Jim Lee uh, Wildcats issues. I have the oh, Jim Lee yeah. Savage Dragon issue when everybody switched issues for a yep. month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, there was uh, I liked Marat Michaels artwork on uh, was it Strike Force? No, it wasn't mm-hmm. Strike Force. It was uh, not Strike Blood. Blood Strike. Blood Strike. Yeah. Yeah. Blood His, strike. I, I liked mm-hmm. the Marat Michaels. It was kind of you know you knew he was drawing kind of in that Jim Lee style, but things were just more correct. Mm-hmm. On the page, I, I liked his style on that. I just, you know, I I didn't get anything from Profit because I really wasn't a big Stephen Platt fan. Mm. Um, I have more than, more of those than I'd care to. <laughs> Do you have the first appearance of Sarah Pizzini? Actually, does Chris have the first appearance of Sarah Pizzini? What What was that in? Um, was I'll it wait. in uh, Was it in uh, Blood Blade Claws? No. <sighs> Good guess. What was it? The she crossover, the the side uh, she crossover. That was where. That's the okay. first appearance of Sarah Pizzini. Okay. Oh, she's crossover with who? Cyblade, the chick from Cyberforce. Oh, I have that. Huh. Yeah. Cool. I, I, and I was looking through. Um, what's the death blow? Rob, uh, oh, the Jim Frank, Lee's death Frank, blow. Frank Jim Lee presents Frank Miller's death blow. Yeah, it's like how far can I crawl up Frank Miller's ass? <laughs> that was. Death it was right well, after will, Sin City. It was great. I will say that... Isn't Azarillo uh, Death Blow now? Yes. Yes. I think, right? Is that still going yeah. on or is it canceled? I've heard it's really good. That Manabat uh, Cybernary stuff is awesome. It, I've never seen anyone uh, upstage Jim Lee in his own book besides <laughs> Nick Manabat. Have you ever seen any of that? Anybody? The the Cybernary artwork? I've seen it. I don't. I, I've oh. never seen any of it. It's good been a God. long time if I did. And I, and I think Gerber wrote it, so it's like the perfect. Hey, movie, the uh, what was what? What did Jim Lee years later follow? Deathblow was with it. Was it Divine Right or Divine the the the, the chick who was kind of like who it reminded me of uh, Evangeline? Oh, 
Oh yeah, I don't know. Was it was it You're divine right? right? <sighs> Dead air. Um, See, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, that's a question for the forum. Then go for it. Yeah. See, I I, I used to um, buy into and leave Image in waves. Mm-hmm. Like I have the first like twenty or thirty issues of Spawn, and I'm like, eh, it's not for me. And and then I'd leave and come back. But Spawn is one of those books you can always come back to. But uh, and another one, Savage Dragon. I don't think there was a time I ever stopped buying that. But I the love the archives. Series, and and Image seems to like reinvent themselves every what mm-hmm. eight ten years. You know what wowed me the last time from Image was uh, was they, Cliffhanger. They, I loved the first issues yeah. of Crimson and Danger Girl, and uh, and and um, shit well, the one gotta, that Joe Mad drew. You you got Battle uh, Chasers. Uh, yes, Battle uh, Chasers. I didn't like Battle good. Chasers so much. You, you, if you have any kind of uh, Danger Girl love, you got a box coming from me because. I do not like the way Campbell draws. Really? Yes. Yeah, send not it at all. on. Send it on over. Not at all. I'm actually surprised at that. I'm, I, not. I'm not going. I'm not going to say that he's technically deficient. He's not. He's very good. You know who he I reminds just, me? Of? I just don't like it. He reminds me of Jack Davis. You bitch. He does not. <laughs> no, Jack I'm Davis. not. No, no. Stop. By the way, no, with I'm divine not. right. Divine right. <laughs> I know. Okay. See. See. Now you, you just did. now people were going to answer you, it on the forum. Um. No, I'm well, not saying I'm not. It, it's you know it's it's kind of expressive, cartoony, right? Yeah, you, you, the way you say he's good with features—that's why you're comparing him to getting likenesses. Yeah, the exaggeration on like the the, the knees bending. Like I, I I picture Jack mm. when I think of Jack Davis and, and his Mad Magazine interest or his his um remember the Spalding ads with uh, Doctor J. In the back yeah. of the comic books, the spall. Yeah, I would, I you know, th- them going up to do the layups, and they'd have the knees going up, and 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 just the exaggerated limbs. I yeah. I see, like yeah. especially on the Campbell Spider Man covers that he did when when uh, JMS first started writing the series. I I see because ever since McFarlane drew Spider Man, we have to have him exaggerated and and the foot going over the back shoulder, and and it's just so I just yeah, but there's there's one thing for having a knack. And then yes. there's another thing for being a complete and utter master like Jack Davis. Oh yeah, no, I'm but not. I'm you're, not... you're saying he's a pre, he is in the same ballpark. Yeah, I'll I can, give you yeah, that. yeah. I can see the exaggeratedness of it, but no, I mean, I'm not going to say that the chicks from Jane, Danger Girl remind me of anything that Jack Davis drew. Right, and and it, you know, it's appropriately sexy. The the I always like the one in the in the cat suit, the, mm-hmm. the brunette in the cat suit. But and I and I bought it all. Don't get me wrong. It's just. Eh. Whatever. I love Crimson. I, I, I have, have to no finish that series. You'll, you'll buy albino fucking dominatrix <laughs> manga, but Danger Girl makes you feel a little weird. I didn't say it made me feel weird. It's just, it's just, it's, I, it's like whatever. I, it was okay. I, I, I enjoyed it to a certain degree, and I was, I didn't feel like I, I lost any money on it. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a just, fun book. It was this a, is good. Yeah, it's, it's okay. But, it's, yeah, all, hey, it's all right. You're talking about Jack Davis. Uh, reminds me, a uh, moment of silence for Jack Kamen, who uh, passed away. Yep. Yeah. 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 Well, I think this one, this one may be a good time to go out on uh, a thought of Jack Davis because we're pushing an hour and a half. Oh shit, are we, we are. Wow, it's yeah. twenty-five yeah. after. The uh, okay, yeah. I just I got to find out how many issues of Crimson there actually were because I know I'm missing a few. Twenty-four plus one special, I think. Okay. Right, are you going to give us some? Uh, you going to give us some Isaac Hayes to uh, to roll this episode out with? Yeah, and some Bernie. And Mac some Bernie Mac, Mac clips. Yeah. Bernie Mac. Yeah, it was. Why is this a lot of death? 
Yeah, this is a crazy week. Is is Morgan Freeman out of the hospital? Yeah, and his uh, wife called for divorce. Yeah, I heard he was doing Did she? Yeah, the Get the day. hell out of here. Fuck, man. It well, is she, not a good time to be easy reader, is it? He was he oh. was in a I wonder if it had anything to do with the fact he was in a he was in a car accident with another woman in the car. So oh Christ. Alright, we don't need to go into that. It was, <laughs> it, was like Morgan, it was like Morgan Freeman weekend here on the house at okay. the house with there the you go. watching. By the way, uh, Vince B was Your wife died on. with another man's dick in her mouth. What? <laughs> okay, Shadow. <laughs> uh, twenty four issues of Crimson. Yes, Thank plus you. one special. Four trades. See, it's like we have our own comic timing going on over here. It's awesome. I love you, Ian. All right. <laughs> Respect. We, and anything else to say before we shimmy on out of here? Because it is thundering like a mother outside. Read, uh, read True Story, swear to God. Uh, read The Core and then vote for it. Um. The Core. Was that the, the robotic one? Tickman's. Oh. Um, okay. Actually, then I, 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 like, I like the Urban Myth better. Me too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's like a robot myth. one, right? Uh, I like that a lot. That was Urban the Medusa, Medusa one. Yeah, Medusa the, the PI, Medusa PI book, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Alibi. I yeah, like that too. Yeah. It was a good read season. Good season. Go. <laughs> Just read comics. Read image books. Pick this is the image cast. It's all, yeah. Well... <laughs> Our old show turned into the image cast towards the end, didn't it? <laughs> Read Scar, Son of Hulk, please. There you yes, go. I, I'll agree with you totally on that. I, ask, I ask, for, uh, ask for Scar, Son of Hulk to get an anchor. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye. Mr. Say Marvel. Bye. Give Marvel comment. It's great. Bye-bye. <laughs> Say bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye, Bubbles. Video games train the kids for war Only she can have fashion stores Life orders done their job This is filled by the rich delight Assassination politics Violence rules within our nation's midst Well, ignorance is their power too You're on your own The silence of conspiracy 